Space Cats, it's the Black Hole Podcast, uh, you're here, uh, this is ep- uh, season 6, episode 3 of BD versus Corporate America, Bill Earl and Dead Eddie verse, versus Corporate America, I'm Dead Eddie, that's my music name, and we're here with Bill Earl, a great uh, artist and musician, uh, good morning Bill. Good morning. So we're talking, uh, we played the BK, the Burger King jingle that uh, we made, and it's kind of like a dirge, kind of like solemn, uh, maybe like a tribute to all the uh, heart attacks and diabetes caused by uh, fast food consumption here in this country, the United States. Um, So uh, that was that jingle. I wanted to talk again about, uh, on our last episode, we, we made the shell jingle and the uh, shell cracker plant here near in Beaver County, right near Pittsburgh, causes uh, some bad uh, air quality days. And uh, I just wanted to say that if I was elected mayor of Pittsburgh, my plan was to uh, have a team of lawyers that we could strategically file lawsuits against different companies, corporations, and things, and entities uh, to try to resolve some issues and uh, stand up to uh, the establishment. And that might not be the best course of action. Legal legal action isn't usually, it's not my first uh, choice, but I just thought in the position. So my plan was to uh, get a class action suit, all the all the uh, residents of Allegheny County or all the residents of Pittsburgh, to uh, file a class action suit against the Shell Cracker plant, and basically it would say, look, if you're going to cause bad air quality days in our city, um, to create and the, the Cracker plant creates uh, plastic pellets for use in making plastic products, so my thought process was. Well, if you're going to do this, you're going to create bad air quality. Uh, you should come up with a way to recycle all of our one-time use plastics, at least in the city of Pittsburgh. So we'll alter our recycling program. We'll deliver all of these plastics to the cracker plant. We'll dump them out on your on your on your parking lot or whatever. Now it's up to you. You figure out how to make pellets out of these things and recycle them. You know so. Because a lot of single-use plastic, and I don't know if people know this, I didn't realize, uh, it just gets uh, burned. Even if it's in your recycling program, 
Uh, they collect it, and they they used to ship it to China to burn in their power plants. It's just oil, basically, that they burn. So we need to reform our recycling programs, and I think if we took a company like Shell to task, uh, we could we could get some actual recycling and not just burning this plastic, collecting it, burning it. Um, and there are programs that are st starting to come around now that that's been exposed, but um, so uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about, like I said, we're, we're talking a little bit about uh, my history, a little bit about Bill's history, uh, kind of focus more on mine. Last time I talked about going to the University of Pittsburgh and, um, and uh, you know, having experimental Wi-Fi in the, in the neighborhood and possibly secret societies experimenting with radio frequencies and things like that so uh i'm building building my case you know my agenda here i'm i'm, I'm anti uh wireless transmission uh and i believe that some of my mental health issues are caused because i have a wireless uh sensitivity i talk about this in my um in my short film called Respiration that you can find on my website plotm.com uh, but I'm going to tell a little bit about a, like a hunting story uh, I used to hunt I don't really hunt too much anymore I do more photography of wildlife but uh, I was so I was the firstborn son firstborn grandson of a large hunting family in northwestern Pennsylvania my grandfather had five brothers uh, he, my grandfather had four sons, they all hunted. Um, so I was the firstborn grandson of a large hunting family. So it was kind of written in the stone that I was going to be a hunter, uh, right from the beginning. Um, and there's pictures of me with a porch full of, uh, pheasants sitting there as a three-year-old and stuff like that. So, uh, it was kind of ingrained in me and I do like to be out in nature. I do enjoy being out in nature and um, once you get past the actual harvesting part, uh, it is a, it is a good experience, I think. But uh, so I'm going to tell this, and, and I think also hunters have an interesting mindset in this new interconnected age of uh, where everything's interconnected, and we have supercomputers and artificial intelligence. So it's kind of like. Um, they can put themselves in a mindset of if they were being hunted by computers, if computers were tracking them everywhere they go, how do they react, how do they uh, make contact, how do they communicate, and things like that. So, uh, The hunting story occurs uh, in 2006, the year I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh. It was white-tailed deer rifle season, and I went out on the first day, and... Uh, so this would have been the end of November, half a month before I graduated. And it was opening day. It was uh, 7 in the morning, 7.30, uh, first light. And this beautiful uh, buck came past me. Um, it was a 10-point a buck with like a 16-inch spread. It was, an, it was, a, it was what, what you call a wall mounter, uh, a nice buck for that area. So uh, I harvested the buck, and um, and so that happened the f 
opening day. So around approximately the same time that I harvested this buck, my future father-in-law harvested a 10-point buck of approximately the same size. So it's kind of a rarity that uh, that happens. So, you know, I like to think that um, I listen to nature. Uh, we both harvested these uh, these large deer and um so you know i listened to nature and i kind of i kind of uh thought maybe i should um enter into this family and um you know get engaged to my spouse uh it kind of sealed the deal for me i'd already been thinking about it but you know maybe this family because uh, my father-in-law was an executive uh in a large corporation maybe entering into this family, I can use the resources and privileges afforded to, to a corporate family to uh, make a better life for not only uh, my, my spouse and I, but just make a better world in general. So, um, like I said, I try to listen to nature, but I also, it made me think, you know, later down the line, what if animals in, in the wild are like radio controlled and, uh, they're attuned to the radio signals and that supercomputers, artificial intelligence actually embody some of these animals and you have cases where animals are actually sacrificing themselves to hunters in order to make connections like what I'm talking about or to get them to think differently or things like that. So, But you could see how this could be abused, taken to extremes where you would have uh, actual... Um, a theme like a Disney theme park where somebody could pay to be a Disney princess and have little birdies land on their fingers and their shoulders as they sing a, a song or something like that you know what I mean because they're all radio controlled you know like how do you where do you draw the line it, you know is there experimentation with uh, these wild animals um, so on that note on kind of talking about a little bit about Disney Bill, you have an interesting uh, shirt design that you developed. It kind of touches on the military-industrial complex and things like that. Um, so, uh, can you tell us? I, I, you get, you, I have one of your shirts. They're available on your, uh, on your uh, Etsy page, right? Yeah, that's right. Can you tell us a little bit about the design? It's um, well, it's a, it's a, it's a famous mouse. It's uh. It's well known. Um, the the signature character of, of Disney, um, Mickey Mouse, and it's uh, it's inspired by when uh, when during the World Wars there were there were gas masks manufactured for children, and in order to help the the children adapt to you know the the changing times and the threat of uh nuclear war and um you know these drills the the uh the companies that that were manufacturing them were were making these gas masks that were in the shape of cartoon characters and and so the shirt's inspired by this it's kind of this um uh, it's kind of this demented Mickey Mouse gas mask uh, 
kind of kind of gothic with some some bondage elements and um it's 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 pretty pretty classic imagery but but with my twist on it yeah it's it's a cool shirt it's a it's a cool design thanks yeah you're it's it's great i'm i'm happy i have one get yours if you can i mean they're they're i think they're awesome and uh really make a statement too in in its own way you know it's yeah. it's, it's great yeah. art it's great art man yeah in in our effort to to uh to tackle uh these ventures against corporate america you know this is this is something i'm already i'm already doing yeah you you've know? already been doing it. i've i saw the design before on social media I didn't quite understand it until you explained it to me. So I'm, that's why I'm I'm glad you explained it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I was like, "What? What is that?" You know? And it's it's cool, but you're just like, so now that you have the backstory on it, it's, it makes a little bit more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's cool. it makes a little more sense. Yeah, yeah. it's it's weird. So, uh, getting towards the end of the show here, I just wanted to bring one last comment about hunting around uh, because you might judge me because I hunted. And uh, I think it's a good way to get organic, uh, free-range meat. But also, if you think about language and how it developed, um, hunting had played a part in language. I mean, that was the first communicators. If they were taking down a woolly mammoth, you needed to communicate pretty succinctly uh, how you were going to approach that in order to bring food back to the tribe or anything like that. So um, language was partially developed by... uh, you know, ancient hunters and things like that. So, but uh, we're going to plug some businesses here. Uh, again, they these businesses do not endorse or uh, condone anything said or done on this podcast in previous episodes or the current. So, Bill, do you have some businesses you want to plug? Uh, yeah, yeah. In in my recent visit to to Pittsburgh, I've been able to visit some some friends that have some businesses and i I enjoyed some uh some empanadas from uh me empanada uh in lawrenceville nice and uh, that's a friend of mine that that makes those and uh they were very good so i would i would recommend checking those out good cool anyone else you want to plug your your uh, website at all yeah my my website is uh BillEarl.com, and I uh, I'm currently doing a, a guest uh, visit tattooing at Snaggletooth Tattoo in Polish Hill in Pittsburgh, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. All right, great. Well, thanks for listening to this uh, episode, and join us again soon. And uh, we're gonna have to coordinate a time to come out to Williamsburg uh, and. Or Williamsport, sorry, yeah, yeah. and uh, and record some more of these, Bill. Thanks for thanks again for the collaboration, and hopefully we can keep it rolling, man. Yeah, no problem. It's been a pleasure. All right, thanks for listening. Join us again. Thanks. <laughs>